Hello, and welcome to the Dear Mind You Matter podcast. My name is Allison Walsh. I'm a longtime mental health advocate and vice president at Advanced Recovery Systems. On each episode, I will be joined by my colleague and clinical expert, Dr. Angela Phillips. This show, along with our mental health and wellness app, Nobu, are just some of the ways we're working to provide you with actionable tips and tools to take really good care of yourself each and every day. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite note-taking device. It's time to fill your mind with things that matter. Becca Powers is an award-winning Fortune 500 high-tech sales executive, best-selling author, speaker, and founder and CEO of Powers Peak Potential. In her 20-plus year career in sales, she's worked for large companies including Cisco, Dell, and Office Depot, achieving President's Club seven times while leading teams of 110-plus and hitting $500 million in annual revenue. Becca intimately knows the struggles that have come as a cost to her high achievements. Through nearly losing it all, she was forced to discover a more supportive and sustainable path to success that she now teaches to others. She founded her consulting and coaching agency to help high achievers and high performance sales teams obtain skyrocketing success without sacrifice. Through workshops, seminars, and her signature coaching program, Becca works with individuals and organizations to create sustainable change by training them to thrive from the inside out without the cost of compromise. Okay. Well, Becca, thank you so much for being on our show today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? I would love to. So I'm Becca Powers. I'm a Fortune 500 sales executive. I am author of Harness Your Inner CEO, and I'm also founder of Power Speak Potential, which is a corporate consulting company. So before we jump into talking about the topic at hand, which Allison and I talk so much about, which is related to sort of burnout, workplace burnout more specifically, do you have any sort of personal connection to this that you might share with I, us and our audience? I do. I do. So I love to open up who I am. I always like, here's my titles, but actually <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> I have uh, burnt myself out probably at least five or six times in my career, but I, I like to talk about the time that I burnt myself out the last time, because hopefully I learned enough from it that it's my last time. (laughs) And my story starts and stops or stops and restarts, I guess is a better way to say it on the bathroom floor of all places, right? So I was working as a sales leader for an organization that had uh, a matching belief to mine. So as a sales leader, I love like putting people before profits and really getting behind that and So much so, I think this happens naturally in leadership, especially, but I started sacrificing myself for the company and spending, you know, creating 12 hour workdays for myself and overextending myself and overcommitting myself, getting my hands as in many projects as possible and really just going full throttle like that for about three years. And, you know, in doing so, Year over year, I started losing the connection with my kids. I started losing the connection with my husband. Um, I ditched self-care, like, you know, my meal planning went out the window, exercise went out the window. And, 
you know, fast forward to the three years where I hit the bathroom floor, I came home from work one day, extremely exhausted, just a bad day at work, which happens. Right. But it was the bad day that had the cherry on top. And I get the kids in bed. We had my husband and I have um, a blended family of four kids. And then they were all in middle school that like mine currently are 18 and 20 and his are currently 18 and 20. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of what we were dealing with. So anyways, um, here I am, kids are in bed. I'm washing my face so that, you know, I'm getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden I hit the bathroom floor. Like I, I didn't have any more energy to wash my face. I didn't have any more energy to pump myself up because, you know, I'm, I'm my biggest cheerleader. I've been in sales a long time. You know, I, I know I can do this. And so like that mantra and that attitude is something that is one of my strengths, but it also became my greatest weakness because I powered through situations that were actually breaking me down. And I ignored lots of what I call signs and symptoms of burnout. And so here I am on the bathroom floor completely powerless. And in that moment of complete powerlessness, I came in touch with what I call like my, my personal power and my instant miracle. I asked the universe for help. I mean, I had, there's no other way to play, play it. I was like, dear God, I have not prayed to you for a long time, but if you could come and help me right now, that would be really awesome. And uh, I'll wrap this up real quick so we can get into more of a conversation. But what I realized at that moment was a couple things is that, A, I was powering through a situation without support, which is why things got so bad. Um, And then B, once I was able to admit that there was a problem, I got an instant miracle right to the forefront, uh, like forefront of my brain. I remembered something a former VP of sales told me, which was, Becca, you're the CEO of your life. So here I am powerless on the bathroom floor, crying, praying to God. I don't know what's going on next. And then all of a sudden I remembered that I was the CEO of my life. And in that aha, I felt so empowered because I was like, if I'm the CEO of my life, then what am I doing on the bathroom floor? Right. And so anyway, my journey to understand burnout kind of started from that point and to heal from it. Well, and I think that your story, unfortunately, is so relatable. And I really appreciate the fact that you called out that, you know, being a high achiever is something that has gotten you to where you are now. You're super successful. You've had an amazing career, but it can be a shadow in such a big way if we're not super tuned in and plugged in to what's going on. And because we have this perpetual, I consider myself a high achiever too, just like this perpetual drive where it's like, you just keep going. And unfortunately it can be to your detriment in so many different ways. And and I know you're super open with talking about just all of the things that you've experienced. And, and now you're really digging into, you know, what, causes all of this, right? So can we kind of pivot this conversation? You do a lot when it comes to like workplace and burnout and like what people can do, what leaders can do. You've done a lot of research in this area, which I just, I know Angela is going to like geek out over and I'm super excited, but would you mind talking a little bit more about this and really how you outline this? And and so that those that are listening can really conceptualize this. Yeah, I would love to. So I did, I surveyed thousands of people on on burnout and 
what I found is that burnout really starts in what I call the unders and overs. And there is a root cause there that is in our lives in our shadow. And I have um, some certifications in shadow beliefs and Kundalini yoga, which gave me a unique perspective to my corporate background, which kind of helped me unpack this in a, in a cool way. But um, what I found is that 88% of these thousands surveyed are feeling the unders while they're working. And the top five unders would be undervalued, underappreciated, um, underpaid, uh, underestimated, and under, I don't recognize or underappreciated. I forgot to have one I didn't say, but those are all the core feelings. And when our unders are triggered, we go into overcompensation, which is why I call it the overs. And there's five primary overs as well. We overwork, we overstress, we overwhelm, we overextend, as I mentioned in my personal story, and we overcommit. Those are the, the five primary things. And um, there's some more stages to burnout. I say that there's five, but in those two, I think those are the two that are hidden. And especially in workplace culture, because we can see when someone's going to the doctor a lot, or if someone's going through a divorce, or if somebody's going through something very, you know, disease, even something significant, we could be, oh, maybe Sally's burnt out, or <laughs> maybe we took this too far. But it's, if you can just peel it back to like when those unders are triggered, when someone's feeling undervalued, what's really happening, the root cause of burnout is they're feeling unsafe. Um, you know, the, the core feelings, I'm not safe, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable. Um, you know, something's wrong with me. Those feelings are triggered, which is why we try to hide them by overcompensating. So I'll pause there because that's a lot to chew on. <laughs> Definitely is right. And I know so many who are probably listening, you know, may feel some connection to this, whether it's, you know, even, you know, workplace related or otherwise, right, because we do have such a strong, you know, desire for connection and, and wanting to have, you know, that that feeling and that sense of um, so many aspects that we, we get from our, our role, whether it's, you know, professionally, otherwise, but specifically, in our jobs that potentially lead to, you know, a story like yours that I know Allison and I can both relate to, to some degree. And it's, it's, it's kind of wild that um, then it's tied in with so many other aspects of our lives that when given that space and time to reflect and really look at, uh, we, we are able to uncover that, but I think that's something that it's so hard for people, right? So when they're stuck in this, how do you typically, you know, address or help people can get to that core sense of, you know, what, where is this coming from? What am I really tapping into? Why am I continuing to go down this route when I know this isn't healthy for me? Help us understand sort of what, what you utilize to guide folks in that direction. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or mental health issues, we encourage you to reach out to us today. Advanced Recovery Systems is a leading behavioral health care company with locations across this country. Don't hesitate. Call us today at 855-409-1753. That's 855-409-1753. Help is just a phone call away. 
Well, I think the first thing I want to say is that it's because it's so natural and second nature to cover those primary wounds that, I mean, this stuff, it goes back to childhood, right? A lot of people, um, power through them. Like in my example, we power through them. So what I like to say is that our choices either serve us or they sabotage us. And so there's so many answers I could say to this, but for the sakes of a podcast and a listener, and you're thinking, oh, I, I might feel undervalued or I might feel underpaid. You know, what are, are your choices that you're making serving you or sabotaging you? And um, that's a deep question too. But for an example, if you're, if you are feeling undervalued, but you're taking on more projects and you're spending less time at home, is that decision really serving you or sabotaging you? So I just use that as an example to answer the question. Well, and, you know, I think there's so many things that you mentioned just there, but let's just call out the choice. Right. And I think, for so long, for so many people, we felt like we didn't have a choice. Right. And I love, and we, we've, we've talked about this with a couple other podcast guests of how the pandemic woke us up. Right. It really gave us a chance to pause and to evaluate where are we, what are we doing? Do we want to continue to subscribe to this life that we have in the way that it's happening and occurring around us? And for a lot of people, they made a brave choice to yes. make a difference uh, or to make a, make a change uh, and to create a different life for themselves. How do we prevent it right, from being a big situation like a pandemic that wakes us up? Like, what do you tell people? Like how, because I think that's also a big part of this problem is that we go about life thinking like, oh, it'll just get better. It'll get better. It'll get better. Right. And then it's like, it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. We're only overcommitting more. Like I'm the classic overcommitter, right? Like I, I'm a yes girl. I love it. Right. Like I'm like, yes, I can help. I can do this. And then all of a sudden I'm like exhausted. I can't do this. You know? And so um, how do we do or how do we guide people? How do, what do we say? How do we encourage them to just really keep a good handle on this, especially if this is something that maybe they've battled with before? Yeah. I relate to that so much too, because even though I'm like super conscious of not putting myself in a burnout zone, because I am a yes person, I love opportunity. I love, you know, trailblazing and so many things. Um, you know, for me, I think the answer to that is, you know, A, it's complicated because we're works in, in progress. But if I was to give a tip or a tool, it would be prioritize, give your, giving yourself permission to prioritize your well-being amongst all the other things you're prioritizing. And I'll just use a personal example. When I go back to the bathroom floor, I had some things that were really important to me. I have my yoga practice that was really important to me, which was out the window. It was non-existent at that time. I had kids in middle school that I really wanted to be more present with, but I was coming home at seven o'clock because at an hour drive time between where my work location was and home. So was I really present when I got home at seven o'clock? No. And I could just say like my kids, number one, kids, husband, like my home life was my number one priority. And then my second priority was my self-care, my yoga practice and the food that I was eating. And those two things really fell to like level four or five priority 
in my life, which I think is also, as I've interviewed people on burnout, is there the things that matter most to them, their top priorities are often shifted down to levels three, four, five, six. And so my answer to that is permission to prioritize your well-being and the things that are important in addition to prioritizing the yeses and work. So it's a both, it's a movement towards both. <laughs> yeah. And, and finding that balance is so hard, like you're saying, because a lot of times when we are in that space of saying, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to do this. It's sort of that inner voice might be saying, you know, don't do this. You, this is where you get your recognition. This is where you get what you need, whatever that may be, right. Um, that you might be moving away from so that you can step into that self-care because you're not prioritizing that in the same way that you do. It's skewed, right? We have to recognize that we're a little off when we're yes. putting all our eggs in one basket. And that's hard. It's so hard. It <laughs> so hard. It's funny that you mentioned that because it's true. And then that goes back to what we were talking about, where we feel like we don't have a choice, but we do. So when I was first coming out of burnout, I I, I said, like, I called it one big boundary, but it was like, if saying yes to something else meant that I was saying no to myself, then I had to say no. And, but that was really hard because I hadn't yet turned inward enough where my validation came from within and my confidence came from within, like all of that, I was still seeking outside me, Angela, like you were just saying. And so when I first stopped taking on additional projects, when I first stopped pulling, when I pulled myself out of committees, I cried. <laughs> like I was no longer like in the know. I wasn't the cool kid. I wasn't invited into some of those closed door meetings. And I, for a good month, didn't even know what to do with myself. But then once you push past that, then space, you know, time and space, I say, open up. And then I found space to write a book. And who would have thought I didn't have any time. I already had a max calendar, right? But your priorities shift and they shift into things that matter, that are more meaningful to you. And it feels so good because I did the same thing. So I had a, I've had a few you know, run-ins with burnout over my <laughs> years. I'm sure everybody's shocked to hear that. Right. So, but That's I had to do one of the a very similar exercise where I looked at like all of the things, all of the boards, all of the committees, all of the volunteer stuff. And I, you have to, ha I mean, you, uh, I always wanted a mix, right? Like I wanted to sit on boards. I wanted to give back. I wanted to go to the galas. I wanted to be out in front. I wanted to do all of the things. And I remember like, sitting there going, this list is absolutely absurd. How in the hell did it get to this point? Right. And then it was just unsubscribe. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to do this one letter after another. And I, I cried too. I was like, this is terrible. Like, how did I get to this point? But you know what happened? The world kept turning. They found other people to do the things that I kept saying yes to. And everybody's doing just fine. Right. Like, so I, you know, I think I, I don't know what I thought. I guess it was like, I got to do it all because nobody else is going to do it. No, there's other people that want to do it. You're just getting in the way sometimes. You got to let them do it so that you can take care of yourself. So, yes. Um, but <laughs> so it's funny. hard. You know, it, it really is hard. And I think that, um, 
you know, it, it sneaks up on you in certain ways. But I think one of the things that you really said earlier that I want everybody to pay attention to is like, the more you stop doing the things that you need for yourself, the more space you're giving burnout to creep in. And like, when you said like your yoga practice was out the window, you know, like, you know, pl- meal planning, all this stuff. Like if I skip that stuff, like my whole week gets out of whack and then it just gets wackier and wackier and wackier because I'm not doing things intentionally. So I hope everybody listening just at least takes time today to pause and think about what do you need to do for yourself? Prioritize yourself, giving yourself that space to prioritize and then honoring that and respecting yourself enough to not allow it to sneak in. But you know, I know we've, we've talked a lot about this and burnout is such a hot topic. And I love that you've done all of this research and you've got all of these nuggets of wisdom and tips and tools and suggestions for people. Um, you know, when we think about burnout, you know, there's also a lot of friends that come to play, right. When there's burnout too, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's other things going on. So what do you recommend for people that maybe are listening and they're like, wow, like I understand this burnout's there, but there's also all this other stuff. Like, how do you, talk to people about just prioritizing their mental wellness as well. Yeah. I mean, as you know, mental, um, health is a really big priority for me. And, um, you know, as I think about burnout and I, and I think about how I want to answer that question, I want to bring us up through the stages a little bit first too, because we talked about the unders and the overs, but when we spend a lot of time in the unders and the overs, the next space is I call it the longing for belonging. Um, If we go into overs and especially in the workplace and our leaders aren't able to recognize and leaders aren't really trained in this stuff, right? So it's not like anyone's doing a bad job. Normally someone gets promoted because they did a good job at the thing that they did. They don't know how to manage people. It's just the way it goes. But um, I say that because when someone's feeling undered something and then they're overcompensating, they're longing for belonging they somewhere in stage three they don't feel like they belong anymore and so if they're in that stage for too long allison to your point stage four is um where i call it like all the all the bodies are hit we're disharmony in the body but that's the emotional body mental body spiritual body physical body and we're going to see anxiety we're going to see that's when i mean just to be completely frank with everyone that is listening, the reason I'm so passionate about um, helping people heal from burnout and more importantly, like understand it so we can get to root cause is because by the end of those three years, I ended up with autoimmune disease, two anxiety disorders and adult ADHD, all new to me. And I worked myself into that point. So if I could help anybody not get that far, that would be amazing. And, um, you know, when you're in a space in a stage four, where your anxiety and stress is really high, I, it sounds repetitive and, but it's, it's really where it starts is that permission to prioritize yourself. Like the permission I gave myself was, um, and I still, to this day, I do break it from time to time, but that's the, it goes back to choice. So I'm going to say priority and choice. Like for me, I know my workday needs to end at 5.30. For me to be my best self, for me, for my family and for my work, and I work hard. <laughs> I love working. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I get so excited to do all my projects. But anyway, um, I need to end that at 5.30. So if, here's an example for listeners, and this is what I mean by prioritizing and choice. So I know I need to prioritize my mental health 
And so my day needs to end at 5.30. However, if an opportunity comes up, I get to make that choice. Does this saying yes to this new opportunity that's going to take me out of my 5.30 rule serve me or does it sabotage me? And sometimes I know I'm going to get tired from saying yes but it's a conscious yes, you know, I'm going, I'm doing it consciously. So it's not throwing me into an anxiety attack. I think when we get into that zone of overcommitment, it triggers a lot of the, the mental health zone. So it's just being really conscious of how you navigate once you get control back on those things. And I hope that answer made sense. And we can talk about it if we need more clarity. (laughs) No, it definitely does. And actually, as you were talking, my wheels are spinning here because as, as we start prioritizing ourselves, I know that I have experienced this many others I talk to is we get, we get this sense of guilt and we always want to apologize. At least I know I have done this so many times and maybe you can relate to, to the point where we're not allowing ourselves to kind of like normalize the, the aspect of that self-prioritization. So for example, you know, feeling, feeling guilty or bad when I'm not in a meeting that was scheduled over my personal time that I blocked off so that I could go do those things. And now I'm feeling guilty about that. And I'm apologizing for people who have, who, who I'm just, I'm not clear on my boundaries maybe, or they're stepping into my space and I'm not, you know, resettling those boundaries again and saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I just can't make this. I had already scheduled this time for myself. So I just, I hear so many people in the back of my head sort of chattering about that aspect where it it does become really challenging. And then you have that ebb and flow of sort of fighting yourself every day until you really get back into that Mm -hmm. sort of groove, or maybe you just, you're just learning how to do that. Right. Because it's so foreign to you as to how you might even take that approach. Um, but I just, that popped in for me. And I think it's just so interesting as you've probably worked with people who have a really hard time doing that, right? Just like how to, can't even imagine, <laughs> right? Yeah. Getting to that point. Yeah, it's really hard. And guilt is, guilt is a serious one. That brings us back to where Allison said, anxiety, stress, a lot comes from guilt. But I had one of my coaches tell me once, um, guilt is a sign of growth. And I really like that, especially in this vehicle that we're talking about burnout and prioritizing ourselves where it might not be a common practice for us. The guilt you're talking about as a sign of growth, you're making a conscious choice towards yourself and you're feeling guilty because your old self is like, we should have done this, you know, (laughs) and you know, you can then choose like, Hey, again, it goes back. Like you're going to, I think that in, in that permission, space, you get just permission to mess up a little bit too, right? It's not a game of perfection. It's a game of progress. And, um, you know, you're, if you feel guilty and you want to experiment and say, Hey, I felt guilty. I want to say yes to the next meeting. And then you need to go take like a two hour nap when you get home from work, because you overextended yourself, you might learn the lesson that like, Hey, next time I need to say no. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love the, just the sense of what I think was really helpful, at least for me and others I know is leaning into that super, uh, uncomfortable zone of, I don't know how this is going to make me feel, but sort of expecting that 
you know, you might feel like crap when you do experiment with something and it doesn't align or, you know, just leaning into that discomfort and saying, huh, why does this feel weird to me? Why does this feel so uncomfortable? Maybe it's not such a bad thing, right? Like you said, um, but the, the one other thing I wanted to, to also ask you just because you've done so much interesting work in this area is I find that, you know, because we we've talked so much about burned out and we're burned out on burnout, um, (laughs) in the last couple of years, especially, what do you find to be kind of the biggest misunderstanding around this topic as it's, you know, gained so much attention and we talk about it in and outside of the context of mental health and wellness, um, sort of as a, you know, paradigm in and of itself, but I'm just curious, do you have any thoughts or, or anything that you've identified that, um, sort of lends to a lot of, um, misconception or misunderstanding? ARS University is the perfect go-to resource for anyone looking to learn more about mental health, addiction, and other related topics. The on-demand library offers a wealth of engaging and informative content that can help you gain a deeper understanding of these complex subjects. With ARS University, you'll have everything you need to empower yourself with knowledge and support. To learn more, go to www.arsuniversity.com. Yeah, I think that, oh my gosh, I could unpack that one for a while, but I think that um, the biggest misconception is that there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with the individual. Um, What I would say in the space of workplace burnout specifically, which is where I really spend majority of my study time, we have never, and I say this, we as a leader have never really been taught the skills to help someone who doesn't feel valued or who is struggling with their, you know, self-worth. There's not a coaching model for that in, in the workplace. And I feel like the biggest misconception is that it's the employee's problem. It's everyone's problem. I think there needs to be better education, like how we're talking about now for an individual to be like, oh, I can't permission to prioritize myself. Like that's, that's where the individual can help contribute to rising above it. And then from a leadership perspective, understanding that it's starting so much lower than the outward symptoms of like, oh, Sally just isn't participating in work meetings anymore. You know, there's something wrong with her. I would really love to see the conception change from Sally's not attending meetings like she used to saying, I wonder what's going on with her and how can we help? I hope that every leader listens to you right now because, you know, it's so important. Number one, that we take care of our people first and foremost, right? Like I don't care what you do, what you sell, what you offer, anything, your people are absolutely critical and taking care of them and showing the support for them wherever they are in their journey and connecting them. And for some, it might be time to move on. Right. And that's understandable, but no matter what offering the support through that process, and certainly from retention perspective, right. Retaining your workforce is critical and people need more support now than they did in the past. And life is not the same as it once was, and they're juggling more responsibilities. Schedules are still very chaotic. People are returning to work. They're starting to reacclimate to like their new quote unquote normal, whatever that looks like. And for some, it's very overwhelming. And so what can we do as a workplace to support people 
How can you help people that are those high achievers to prevent them from burning out? How can you just have a good workplace wellness concept and program and place and bring in people like yourself that can help to shape culture? Because it will be a game changer for the organization. It will transform the lives of the people that work there, and they will be so grateful and, and hopefully stay for a very long time because they know they're very supported in the process. So Becca, I love that we got to have this conversation today. And one of the things that we ask everybody that comes on the show is at this point in your life, what matters most to you right now? What matters most to me right now is my health and well-being. I love being a mom. I love all my, my husband and my projects and all that stuff. And I don't get to do any of it if I don't take care of myself. Practicing what you preach. I like it. <laughs> the way we do. <laughs> no, it's uh, leading by example. And, you know, I think there are so many people who, um, you know, I think that that's obviously a struggle and to even listen to, you know, a quarter of this and take it to heart and actually put it into action. I think as leaders, it's, it's rare. I remember the first time I worked with someone who actually saw their work-life balance evolve was like, mind blowing as, you know, a postdoc in a really competitive program. And I was like, what's, what's happening? What, what are they doing? Prioritizing themselves and their family. This is not what we do. (laughs) So foreign, but, um, obviously so important. And I'm so glad there are people like you out there. And I know all of our followers and listeners would love to be able to know where they can find you. Can you share how they can follow you either on social media or wherever we can track you down? Yes. So if you, if you're curious about your own burnout rate right now, I do have a survey and you can go to beccapowers.com forward slash burnout. Um, but also I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, same handle at Becca powers, 1313. I adore you. And I'm so grateful that we got to spend some time together. I want everybody to read your first book and stay tuned for all the cool stuff that's coming from Becca in the very near future. We are blessed to spend time with you. We could have gone for like hours, honestly, there's so much and I can't wait for you just to continue to share more nuggets around all of this burnout survey data that you've got because it's enlightening and empowering for people and really eye-opening, right? It's number one, it's empowering for workplaces to say, we've got to do something about it. Like we can't hide from this any longer. It's hopefully inspiring for other people to realize that they're not alone and that they can reclaim their life, right? And they can really do something about it. Um, And most importantly, it's continuing to have a conversation around something and going deeper so people can really understand and unpack in their lives where it's showing up so that they can have a better quality of life and really preserve their own wellness too. So Becca, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not already subscribed, we hope you join us regularly and please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that this podcast is beneficial to you and your wellness journey. Dear Mind, You Matter is brought to you by Nobu, a new mental health and wellness app. You can download it today using the link in our show notes. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, remember you and your mind matter.